I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today's episode's really cool. I'm going to be chatting with Dominic from Kershaw Knives, and he's going to be telling us about Kershaw, and uh, there's a lot of questions that... Uh, that we had gotten from our audience, um, from, you know, discord emails, just conversations I've had with you guys, um, about them. And so he's going to answer questions about, uh, different blade design materials, um, things that go into making a knife for like EDC or hunting or fishing. And what's really cool is, you know, in chatting with him for a little bit before the podcast is how much overlap there is between us as automotive diesel enthusiasts and then knife guys. And, you know, whether it's something you carry every day using at work. And I was thinking about any time I've walked into an auto repair place, there's always mechanics are cutting open boxes or bags, the shipping receiving department is using them. And then you know, all of us are using our trucks in one way or another outdoors or on the job site. And we're using knives every single day. So I'm going to ask him questions that you guys had, some that I have. It's going to be a great time. I want to encourage you guys, if you're not on our Discord, you're going to find a link down below and also going to see it on the screen. Head on over there and join. We started it last year and it's it's grown immensely we're almost at 400 followers on there so many cool builds and questions and episode suggestions that you guys have so if you're wanting to get in touch with us wanting to chat with myself um, other podcast fans some of our sponsors it's a great place to go just click the link it's totally free to join and uh i definitely want to see you guys over there also with our um down below you're also going to find a link for a patreon which is another way that you can connect with the podcast be more involved with it and actually be integrated into it so if you'd like to be an executive producer for an episode if there's specific questions you have we're also going to be doing some uh some contests to have uh one of our listeners or truck be our podcast cover it's a great way to join it's uh, a way to support the podcast help us grow we have packages starting as low as three dollars a month um, if you want to get a shout out on there, we also have those in some of the other tiers. So you're going to find the link down below. Just click on over. If you have any questions, let us know. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Dominic from Kershaw Knives and learning what's new for 2022. Dominic, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm really excited to be able to chat with you today. As I had, and I mentioned uh, before the podcast is I'm relatively new to knives and I've been really getting into them lately and I have so many questions. I know our audience does, but we're looking forward to chatting with you, learning more about Kershaw and Zero Tolerance. Yeah, thanks for having me, Patrick. Yeah, I wanted to start uh, a little bit with like, you know, Kershaw to me and Zero Tolerance. It's just like their their household names. I've heard the name for a long time. It was always something that, uh, you know, when I thought of Knives, it, it was just a name that popped up. But I wanted to learn a little bit more about the history and, and kind of the focus that you guys have in the knife market. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, Kershaw has been around for many, many years. Started in 74 by Pete Kershaw. Um, and eventually, uh, not too long after that, was purchased by a Japanese company called Kai. So we're actually part of Kai Corp, but we are headquarters headquartered here in the States in Oregon. Uh, and we do have a, a factory in Oregon as well, right at our headquarters, where we make about a million knives a year and employ over 300 people plus outside vendors. So um, even though we are not a U.S. company per se, um, we still do have a strong presence in in u.s manufacturing u.s jobs that's a lot of knives <laughs> <laughs> with um 
Now, with some of the things that have that have been happening you know, recently with global supply chain stuff, I just thought of this question is, how have you guys been able to weather that storm with, you know, the materials that you guys use, selling that many knives, building that many? Is it uh, something you guys have been able to stay ahead of and still continue to, you know, keep your dealers stocked, keep your warehouses stocked and get them out to people? Yeah, uh, you know, ever since COVID hit, uh, the, market, the market really changed. It, it was pretty interesting to see uh, demand for pocket knives and just, you know, um, really skyrocketed to the point where it's a struggle for us to keep up for sure. And not necessarily because of sourcing raw materials. You know, we're, we're able to get raw materials um, pretty consistently and easily right now. Although prices have certainly gone up on a, on a lot of things, um, which is, has been a challenge in its own right. But um, there is a, a, a thirst for pocket knives right now for um, various different reasons, whether it be self-defense because of everything that was going on, um, you know, socially just with the, the riots and protests and things like that, um, to people just having more free time and getting outdoors more again. Um, it's, been, it's been great. It's been a bright spot in a, in a, in a rough couple of years otherwise. One of the things I noticed the last couple of years was just ordering more stuff in. And that's where it first started with, hey, I, I kind of want something different than just this utility plate that I have. You know, what are some cool things I can do? And just opening more packages. And that's where, you know, being new to knives, you know, I always thought, well, a knife's a knife. But I realized that's not true. There's so many different applications. And I've been on your, web, your guys' website a, a ton over the years, you know, just looking at things. I wanted to have you chat with us a little bit about the different focuses that you guys have between, say, that EDC role or fishing or hunting or utility or, or knives that people use, you know, at, at their jobs every day. For sure. You know, when we started back in 74, the knife market was really focused around outdoors. It was, it was really utilized by, you know, ranchers, hunters, anglers. Um, and that was the primary driver and, you know, certainly hunting and fishing. I'm a big hunter and angler myself. Um, there's certainly, um, that presence is still there in the marketplace, but the marketplace has really shifted a lot more people, um, just carry a pocket knife as an everyday carry knife, just as a, as a great tool to have on them, whether they work in an office or where they work at the trades, um, you know, so that's really reflected in our, in our approach lately. Um, we do a lot more folding pocket knives built for just everyday carry everyday uses versus, you know, historically it was, it was really fixed blades and, and things that were meant for the outdoors. Yeah, I can think growing up and, and I grew up fishing a lot and, you know, like the fillet knives that, that my father had um, or you know, he was a big hunter and things he would use for skinning and, and things like that versus how I used them. I grew up more as a city kid. I didn't really do a whole lot of that as I got older, but I found a, a use for them. And that's, that's what really I've struggled with is trying to understand the different, like the blade materials, the different blade shapes. Um, I know, you know, like G10 material is something I, I really like, tons of people like, so I start to see those on knives. What are some different um, things that somebody who's new should look for if they're looking into something, you know, to carry every day to be able to use for a variety of different tasks for the blade material, the shape, the handle, things like that? Yeah, you know, um, that's one of the great things in the knife world. Um, there's different shapes for the blade. There's different handle material. There's different handle sizes, um, and they're all suited for different things more than something else. You yeah. know, so for example, if you're, you know, if you're if you're on a construction site and you're cutting a lot of zip ties or cutting a lot of bags open, you know, you want something that pierces really well. You know, so you want something that has a very 
pointed tip, which would be like a, you know, a Tonto tip, for example, would be a great, a great um, utilization for that because it's great at piercing cuts versus something that, um, you know, you wouldn't want a Warncliffe or a sheep's foot for something like that because they have a very blunt edge. A lot of times those are, you know, first responder style knives. So that way they cut clothes without risking puncturing somebody's skin while they're cutting them. Um, versus, you know, something that's used in the outdoors, you look for, you know, a blade that has a really big belly so that you can, you can slice the, the, you know, the deer skin or whatever without puncturing the skin. You know, it has that nice smooth rotation all the way to the tip. Whereas a Tonto tip, because um, it's very angular, wouldn't work for that. You'd end up nicking the hider quite a bit. So, you know, you really have to think about what you're, what you're going to do with it. You know, if you're just an everyday carrier, you're opening Amazon boxes, you're opening your mail, you know, things just around the house. Any blade shape really could work, um, you know, but as you get more into knives, you'll find kind of what your style, what you like best. And then of course there's, you know, the ergonomics of the handle. Um, you know, if you have a larger hand, some of the smaller knives, you know, cause some of our handles range from just under three inches in length to all the way up to six and a half inches in length. You know, so if you have real small hands, some of those smaller handles could be could be right up your alley. Or if you have really small pockets, you know, ladies have those designer pockets that can't hold anything. Yeah. So ha having a small a small pocket knife works great in that scenario. Um, you know, we're as guys, we seem to be a little bit more fortunate. Our pockets uh, have a lot more carry room to them, so you could carry a larger knife if that's something you like, or if you have big hands. Um, so really, in that sense, I think the best thing to do is. Go to your local Bass Pro, Walmart, Shields, Sportsman's, whatever you have local, and just handle a bunch of knives. Even if you don't end up finding something that you like there, at least get an understanding of what size works in your hand, what's comfortable in your hand, um, and then just start exploring from there in terms of, okay, what color do you like? What handle material do you like? You know, Are you going to have gloves on? Are you going to be doing those piercing types cuts? Are you going to be doing more slices? Um, and, and just kind of experiment and see what falls, what you fall in love with. That was one of the questions our, our listeners had posed. I'm, I was going to save it for later, but it kind of segues really nice. As he said, you know, I'm, I'm brand new to knives. And one of the things I struggle with is I look online and I see all these different styles, but I don't know what fits my hand well or what would be comfortable for me. So for somebody who does a lot of online shopping or maybe, um, you know, they're looking for something that they don't have a local place to go to, what suggestions would you give to someone who's looking to, uh, to purchase a knife and maybe can't get their hands on it? Well, certainly, I would just your hands uh, in general. Um, you know, if you're somebody that thinks of yourself as having larger hands, where a smaller pocket knife might feel uncomfortable, and what, what create what's called a hot spot. And just to give a little bit of context on that, a hot spot is something if you hold the knife in your hand and you put some pressure in your fist, kind of squeeze your fist around it. There are little spots that might create. Um, a little bit of maybe blistering if you used it really aggressive for a while. Um, and so you really want to try and identify, okay, does this have any hot spots for me? And a lot of times the things that will create those, if it's not the right fit for your hand, is the pocket clip. Um, so think about, you know, the size of your hand, like I said, and, and you know, um, if you have larger hands, I would start looking in, you know, something in the description, you'll see it, it'll say close length. That's really your handle length. Um, look at something that's maybe three to four inches in size to start. 
Uh, and also, I would think of wearing gloves, like if you're a construction worker or a welder or something like that, and you're going to be wearing gloves when you have the, when you're using the knife. You want to think about functionality. Are you going to be able to open the knife consistently with gloves on? How easy is the knife to open? And do you have any grip? You know, you, you may not want a solid, smooth aluminum handle because it's going to slip in your gloves easily. You may want something with some more texture to it, like micarta or G10. Um, those micarta and G10 are, are probably the two grippier um, handle materials. Uh, we do have aluminum with um, some grip tape inlays, like the Kershaw Blur has what's called track tech inlays. So it's, it's kind of like a skateboard grip tape built into the handle. Okay. And so it gives you a nice, real solid grip on it, whether your hands are wet, whether your hands are bloody, you know, because you're cleaning an animal with it or whatever, or you're wearing gloves. It helps add that, that traction for you on the knife handle. So those are things you just want to consider. Like, what do you do every day? What are the scenarios you're going to be using the knife in most commonly? And then give consideration to the handle material, the size, and things like that. That's some of the things I ran into when I was looking for something for EDC is, you know, like you mentioned, my pockets are always filled. I got keys. I got a cell phone. I don't have a lot of real estate to be able to carry something that it may be more comfortable, but it's just too big and it, and it clutters up that pocket area. So then I have to think of, okay, what width size handle do I want or what length? And, and just going through that process, it's really fun because I could spend hours <laughs> looking at all the different <laughs> products that are out there. But when we were chatting about, uh, you know, this podcast, it really got me thinking about the lifestyle. And I was thinking about my experience and my history in the diesel aftermarket, being around diesel trucks and companies and diesel truck owners. And there's certain things that are just part of the, the truck lifestyle. You know, a lot of the guys, they hunt, they fish, um, the mechanics, they're opening, you know, bags and packages and they have knives on them. And that connection to the lifestyle is really, really important and really got me excited for this podcast because it's, you know, typically we're chatting about a turbo or transmission or what, you know, what new truck is best, but uh, you know, a knife is something that we're using every single day, whether we're opening our mail, opening his Amazon package, cutting a, a, you know, a new turbo out of a, out of a box, you know, to install it on a customer's truck, or, you know, we're loading up our F-350 to go hunting or fishing. And, I wanted to ask you guys about how your approach as as a you know a major company in the knife industry focuses on lifestyles, whether it's you know the EDC or the outdoors or just something that we can use every day. What you guys really focus on there? Yeah, that our 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 focus is just everyday carry is our primary focus in the marketplace. Um, you know. Traditionally, like I had said before, we did a lot of fixed blade knives. We don't do that many fixed blade these days, although we do have some. Um, just because there's not a lot of people that carry those on a daily basis. And, you know, if you are a hunter, for example, um, you know, you're going to buy that knife and you're going to throw it in your backpack and, and that's going to be the end of it, really. Um, whereas with the pocket knives, just the folding pocket knives, you buy one to carry on you every day. You might buy one to throw it in your truck in the glove box. You might throw one in the toolbox. You might throw one in your fishing, you know, tackle box or something like that. There's just so much more um, uses and places that you'll keep them and that it, it, it makes sense to focus on folders versus fixed blades. Is the... Now, as far as the maintenance that somebody would have or, or the, the way you approach building them, you know, might be different because it, it seems like that EDC would be probably 
have more you know daily use and abuse and and things that it goes through versus that hunting knife that i put in my backpack and you know take out a couple times a year what goes into constructing something for a solid edc setup yeah uh you know there's so many different opening mechanism technologies um that depending on which you have certainly changes how you have to care for the knife going back to what i said earlier you know if you have gloves on a lot when you're going to be using a knife uh, an assisted opening knife or a push button automatic are, are probably going to be something that that you'll find um, fits your needs best because they're so they're they they're so much easier to open yeah. when your when your hands aren't as nimble right um, and so uh, assisted knives and push button open knives they generally take less care in terms of just general cleaning and maintenance of the opening mechanism themselves because they're quite contained. Um, and then you have something, uh, you know, with our manual openers, we have what's called a KVT, which is Kai Velocity Technology. So it's caged ball bearings that sit against the blade that allow us really smooth manual action on it. So you can use a flipper tab and it opens very similar um, in terms of speed as an assisted does. Um, but when you have gloves on or something like that, you may not be able to hit that flipper tab as as you do with an assistant, right? Um, and then, so when you have ball bearings like that that are open against the blade, they can get dirtier, they can get grittier. Um, so they're going to take more care overall on a monthly basis than your assistant or your push button automatics would because they have ball bearing, they have moving pieces around the pivot. And so it just, it's, a, it's, a, it's an area that can grab some dirt and grit easier than the others. I actually had a conversation recently about automatic or assisted knives and the person I was chatting with, I thought it'd be great to ask you um, kind of on the fly on the podcast is he's like, you know, I love the idea of them, but I'm just so paranoid about accidentally hitting that button or, or, or something like that. And I wanted to ask you about the features that you guys put into those assisted or, or push button knives to be able to guard against that or give the user more confidence. Hey, it's not going to you know open unless I want it to open. For sure. Yeah, that's definitely a concern for people and, and rightfully so. I mean, it's, you have so many other things in your pocket, right? Yeah. Um, it can be easy to, you know, think that you would accidentally open it. But uh, most of our, uh, our, our automatics, I won't say most of them, all of our automatics, for example, the button to release the blade is recessed. So, you know, if it's in your pocket, think about, think about it like this, the button protrudes from the handle. And for you to be able to release it, you have to be able to push the button um, inside the handle. So it has to go past that flush point, right? And so when you have things in your pocket, like a wallet or a pen or um, your car keys, it's difficult for those items to hit the button and go past being flush on the handle, right? Because you have that has to be very... Um, very pointed. A lot of times it takes the, the tip of your finger to be able to do that. Um, so you, you uh, really don't have to worry about them accidentally opening in your pocket, especially if you carry the um, with the button against the outside of your pocket, because then it's right against your pants and it would you're going to feel, you know, if a key, for example, goes in between your knife and your pants pocket, right? Um, right. And then for speed safe, uh, some of our models do what's called a tip lock. So at the bottom of the handle, there's a little slider that you can slide that'll prevent it from um, opening until you unlock that. Uh, that's mostly on some of the USA made models. Um, but again, 
um, it's pretty difficult for those to open pocket. I, you know, I've been carrying a knife well before I started Kershaw. I carried Kershaw products, but um, I'm trying to think in the course of my 20 some years of carrying a knife, I think I've had a knife accidentally open in my pocket maybe twice. And both times I knew when it happened, you know, it didn't cut me or anything. I felt it open and I carefully went in my pocket and, and closed it before I tried to pull it out. That's the launch series, right? The, the push button. Yes, exactly. I saw that there was, I, I was actually checking those out and there was a bunch of different, uh, a bunch of different options for them. And I've actually handled a few of them and I noticed exactly what you said as far as how the button sits on the handle. It would, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it would even be an issue of accidentally pushing that button. And it's just the way that it sits is just, it's so intuitive. It's like, if I want it to open, I have to make a conscious decision. I'm going to push this button and it's going to come out versus inadvertently doing it. But that was just a, you know, a, a knife question or, you know, a, a conversation that we had recently, you know, about and, you that. Know, and if that is a concern, uh, certainly most of the models, you can change the pocket clip orientation um, to tip up or tip down carries. And if you carry tip up, the blade will go against the, the corner of your pocket. So even if somehow you do accidentally open it, the blade is going to stop against that corner of your pant. It's not going to fully deploy and be a full length blade in your pocket. That's a good point. Yeah. That, that was something I was thinking about too. I thought, well, you just change kind of how it sits in your pocket and then it hits the corner. If that was to, was to even happen. I, you know, one of the most popular um, questions that we got when I said, Hey, Kershaw is going to jump on a podcast with us is people wanted to know about new things you guys are working on. And now that we're into 2022, um, you know, we're all looking forward to, Hey, what's, what's going to be new on the market? What are some, what are some things that you guys are working on that we can expect to see on your website at, at your dealers and the things we can purchase? Yeah, we have some really great things. Uh, I'm really excited about the. Um, well, one thing that really changed in terms of how we're releasing products this year, traditionally we've gone to shop show, which is a big industry outdoor shooting. Um, show, one of the largest trade shows in the world um, around outdoor products. And we release everything for the year at that time. That's how we had historically done it. Now, sometimes when we do that, um, you know, the, the, the new models have gone through the R&D process. They're, they're in the process of going through manufacturing. Uh, but occasionally we didn't release mod we didn't actually have models hit the store shelves until october november december and we had told you know our fans that in january this knife was coming right so there's a big gap there sometimes yeah. <laughs> i mean and it can be frustrated you have people that are really excited about a model they go and put it on pre-order and then they're waiting and waiting and sometimes they would just straight up forget that they even had that on pre-order because it was so long so what we've done is um, we're releasing in smaller batches throughout the year, starting in 2022 and going beyond that. So uh, we have our first release coming up on January 10th. I'm not sure when this will air. Maybe, uh, maybe that will have already happened at that point. But um, we have a bunch of models coming out on January 10th. They'll be available. Most of them will be available for purchase immediately. You could literally go to our website and buy them or go to your favorite dealer um, and put them on pre-order. They'll, they'll be on the way to the dealer within a matter of days. Some of them, I think the minority, it might be a week or two before they're available. Um, but it, it no longer is the weight of 
potentially a couple of months before you can order the new model. So that that's that's uh, really exciting for us, and we're looking at possibly doing up to three different releases this year. Um, so really exciting. I really like that because when I see something and I want it, I want it right then. I've got the money available. I'm ready to order it. I want to get it. And if if there's too much time, I forget about it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I'll see it somewhere and I think, oh, well, I, I totally missed it. And I know things are selling really fast right now. And just, you know, if you see something, you know, you got to buy it. But what are, you know, for 2022, was there, is there a major shift that you guys have seen that people are asking for? Or is it expanding on, you know, kind of the things that, um, you know, your customers have always asked for, maybe doing, um, you know, some some more EDC stuff? Or, or what did the market say, hey, Kershaw, this is what we want to see in 2022? Yeah, well, we're certainly always um, have an ear to what our customers are, are asking for, um, you know. So uh, without giving anything really away, we have uh, we're having a model, a new USA model that has a handle material that we've not used. It. I, I'm confident I can say that we've never used it in a full inline product before. Maybe there was an exclusive somewhere along the line years ago. And, and by exclusive, I mean a dealer, an authorized dealer can say, hey, you have this, you know, this launch. I, we want we want it in a specific color, or we want it in a specific blade steel, and we'll make that for them, and that's exclusively for them to sell. Um, so, outside of something like that, I can say that this is the first time that we'll have used this handle material on a knife. Um, we also are updating um, one of our hunting-specific models to uh, respond to some some comments that we saw uh, about the way that blade functions. Um, and so it is difficult to really get in the details without being able to uh, know that people can go and see <laughs> what we're talking about right away. Um, but, and then certainly in our next release, there's going to be something um, that really is going to get our fans excited or something brand new that we've never done before. Um, but that's pretty much all I can say about that. <laughs> you mentioned something really, really interesting that I know from chatting with diesel companies um, for five years now that they can kind of struggle with as they grow. And I think, like I mentioned at the very beginning, when I think of Kershaw, it's just one of those household names where um, I know it's a big company, been doing it a really long time. Is how have you guys found its best or, or techniques or ways to be able to engage with your audience and stay connected to them. So I think that can really be hard as, as you grow or as you, you know, it, it's a big company is being able to get that feedback from the everyday user or the, the police officer or the hunter or the fisherman. Sure. You know, I think we do a great job at that. Number one, you know, one of our goals is to make sure that we offer a product for everybody. I don't care whether you're a police officer, whether you're a hunter, whether you're a truck driver, um, we want to make sure that we have a product for you. You know, whether you're on a budget, you know, because you got four kids and you're the sole income and that, you know, you only got $20 to spend on a knife, we got you covered. Or whether you're a knife collector and you want the premium blade steel, only USA manufacturing, you know, you're okay with a $120 knife, we've got that, you know. So we try and offer such a wide range of everything um, I think that's a real strong suit of Kershaw's. Um, and as a result of that, you know, we engage with a lot of different ambassadors from different walks of life, you know, like for example, uh, Haley Deegan, a NASCAR truck series driver. She's one of our ambassadors. Um, and when she posts about us, um, you know, my team monitors the comments to see what people are saying. 
You know, uh, we have an X Games gold medalist, Taylor Roberts. He rides uh, enduro bikes, and he is the team Team USA captain in the uh, international six-day enduro race. It's like the the uh, uh, it's just it's it's where countries across the world put together a team and they go race in a different country. It's the championship for enduro racing. We have him. We have a you know a tactical three gun cooter. We have hunters. Then we have skateboarders. Like we have people from every different walk of life that we that we support because we want to support those communities. And we hear what their what their fans are saying about the brand when they talk about it. And then you know we try and be very responsive on our social media. You know um, the the person on my team that runs it. You know one of the things we always talk about is you know reading through the comments every day and and responding to comments whether the comment be positive or negative and understanding you know where that person is coming from what we can do to help make whatever you know if it's a bad scenario how we make that right um and then listening to what they're saying and you know and something that we see a lot from the the real knife fans or um is a large portion of our lineup is that budget-friendly lineup like we were talking about because we want to cover something for everyone. So they'll complain, for example, about uh, the blade steel, uh, HCR MOV 13. It's, it's a real entry-level steel, but the nice thing about it is it gets razor sharp really easily. Um, and so we'll see, you know, comments from them. Well, you know, yeah, HCR, you shouldn't, you know, I don't like HCR. Why do you put it on so many different models? Um, and so, you know, over the course of the years, we've transitioned to having a section in the catalog that's dedicated to really the knife enthusiasts. It'll have, you know, that higher end steel that they're looking for, specific handle material. So I think that we do a really good job of trying to understand that not every knife that we make is intended for everyone, um, but making sure we understand what certain segments of our community are looking for and making sure that we fill that, that gap with a product. I really like that because I, I find, you know, I'm, I'm into trucks, I'm into the outdoors, I'm into knives and shooting sports and all those sorts of things. And it, it's really nice when I can find a brand that covers whatever level I may be at. Typically, I don't just jump in right to the very top of the line stuff. I want to get, I want to get comfortable with it. I want to know about it. And then I progress to, you know, I want that collector item or I want the top of the line thing that, you know, I, I organize the price, you know, high to low and I go to the high. But just being able to grow with that brand, and that was something I really noticed when I asked for questions from our audience is how many people, I, I don't even know how many it got up to, it was it, it was a lot of people who have had your products for 20 years, 25 years. It's the only thing that they use when they go fishing or hunting or their EDC. So I, I felt that uh, that connection you know, to the brand, and that was the best kind of ambassador that I could find, and the, and the best questions were for people who use the product every day and have for decades. Yeah, it's it's incredible to me to uh, you know from a from a marketing standpoint see the brand loyalty that we have within you know the community like you said people that have only carried Kershaw for twenty plus years, um, you know and and I really uh, attribute that to the fact that you know we want that knife that you bought twenty years ago to still work the same today as best as we can. I mean, you know, it you do have wear and tear on anything that you use like a knife. So eventually, if you use it, it's going to break down and it may not be able to be fixed. But um, we try and stand behind everything, whether you, like I said, it's a $19 or the $100 plus uh, high end. You break your pocket clip. You can go on our website, fill out the parts request form, and we send you out a free pocket clip. You break your blade. You know, um, we, if you did it, 
with misuse, like you were using it as a pry bar, for example, which you know, let's be honest, we've all <laughs> probably done it, even though we shouldn't. Um, you know, if you snap it, we offer blade replacement where we'll, you can, you know, pay for a new blade on the, on the knife. But if that's not the route you want to go, depending on how much of the blade is gone, if it's only like a quarter inch of the tip is gone, you know, we can sharpen it back to a point at no charge. All you got to do is pay the shipping. Um, you know, I'll be sure that that we do that, and there's not necessarily always a cost with that. We try and make sure that we cover um, we cover the, the needs of the user as much as possible. Now, do all the different series of knives that you guys have have the same warranty, or does it vary according to the product line? No, every every across the gamut, everything's covered by a limited lifetime warranty. Um, against defects. Like I said, if you misuse it, use it as a pry bar, we still want to help you get, you know, get that knife back in working order, but you know, it, it may not be at no charge. Right. Gotcha. That's, that's, that's really cool. And it was, like I said, I, when I started to get into them, you know, I, I kind of honed in on the Kershaw lineup and I picked up a couple and, and as I, as I'm growing it, it's really cool for me to know that I can grow with the brand. You know, there's there's other series, other product lines, you know, ahead of it that that I can use for different things. So it was really cool to be able to to chat with you today and be able to connect the different lifestyles. Like they're, they're well, they're not even really different. They're they're pretty much the same as I had mentioned. With you know, I can think through walking, you know, through an automotive repair shop and I see a guy cutting open, you know, a, a bunch of parts to put install on a truck or you know the shipping department. They're opening boxes and all that sort of stuff. And there's just certain things where it's like knife guys and other sorts of things and trucks they just kind of go hand in hand so it's really cool to be able to to chat about something different i know people when when this releases are going to say hey i heard dominic talking about this product release where can people go to be able to see what you guys release check out the product line be able to follow you guys yeah kershawknives.com is the easiest way to go to our website if you want to specifically see this new release that we're doing digitally um, you can go to kershawknives.com the right on the home page there's a big banner talking about uh the new product release that'll take you to it it's interactive um we've got a, a it's you know we tried to make this so it's not just some boring okay here's a web page with a brand new product so we're bringing in several of our ambassadors we're bringing in Haley deegan we're bringing in taylor roberts we're bringing in cheyenne we have a designer we're doing um q a sessions during through this event with uh, each of those um, that I'll be talking with them, asking questions about, you know, their career, uh, whether it be NASCAR, dirt bike, shooting, things like that. And then we'll also be talking to Kershaw, obviously. Um, and they can ask their own questions. Each one of these uh, ambassadors is going to spend some time in the in the chat room after they're done talking with me and answering everyday uh, user questions. Um, as well as we've got some 3D interactive models that you can look at, the, you know, the new the new knives and, and see the components of everything, you know, 3D exploded view. Um, but yeah, and then of course, following us, following us on social, we're really, really active and engaged on Instagram. I'd say if, you know, if you're only going to follow us in one spot, that's the place to be, um, you know, and, and comment, engage with us. We love, we love seeing fans feedback. We love seeing their stories around their knives. Everybody remembers that first knife, you know, share that with us, tell us, you know, uh, what you like, what you don't like, and and we'll try and uh, engage with you and, and make you a happy customer. Well, I appreciate your time today, Dominic, and helping me learn more about knives and then answering those questions you know that our audience had. So I'm definitely looking forward to the new release, and and uh, 
I'm sure that I'll be picking something up. I just got to see, see what you guys do release, which one I get, but it was fantastic to chat with you, learn more and uh, look forward to seeing what you guys have in store for 2022. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Don't forget diesel fans, make sure and check out Kershaw knives. They've got a bunch of releases today, some really cool things. And as Dominic mentioned on the podcast, they're, they're uh, all geared up for the releases this year. So when you see it, you can head on over, be able to get it right away. You don't have to wait or maybe forget about it and think six months down the road. Oh, I really wanted that knife. I really wanted um, that product. So they're doing a great job of bringing everything to market as quickly as possible. So as soon as you see it, you can get it. Um, also make sure and join our discord. There's uh, almost 400 people we have on there. It's so cool to be able to hear the stories from you guys, no matter what part of the country you're in. Um, we have members from Canada, other places. It's it's a really awesome place for us to all get together, talk about trucks, parts, things we want to do, builds. Uh, there's episode suggestions, which is a great way if you have a show idea to be able to get in contact with us. Also, our Patreon links down below. We appreciate the support of all of our Patreons helping us grow. And I want to give a shout out to a couple of our, our Patreon members texas diesel supply and rights diesel services um the support you guys give us month in month out throughout the years is incredibly important and we're really excited and looking forward to what we're going to bring to you guys in 2022 until next time keep the shiny side up